Welcome to NFL Mayo. I'm Luke. I'm Aiden. And uh, we are recording from an undisclosed location because if they knew where we were, they'd shut us down. Well, in other worse news, one of the big topics that we're going to hit on is the news that happened at the Combine, which is actively going on right now. We are recording this on Sunday about to be noon, so the offensive line and running back portion is about to begin. But the Jalen Carter news, which dropped a few days ago, he ended up with two charges uh, with warrant for his arrest in Athens due to his involvement or alleged potential involvement in a fatal car crash that had a teammate and a staffer pass away after the celebration of the national championship for Georgia. Um, the charges were reckless driving and basically racing with the other vehicle potentially he allegedly gave the police multiple different stories one that he wasn't at the scene one that he could see their taillights and one that he was next to the car uh now they're linking him to potentially racing that vehicle which crashed which caused two fatalities um i think it's important to say no blame for a death should be put on jalen carter but his involvement in a crash should be scrutinized and it should be looked into. And if there was a potential for him to have drove away from the scene uh, when his teammate and staff member were crashed and dying at that point, and it was proven that the driver of that other vehicle had a blood alcohol content that was above the legal limit, by a good amount, I think know? it was point one night. I guess it doesn't matter. Nine, I think I shouldn't say stuff like that. Either way, there's there's a Nosey. potential, and it since he wasn't since he drove away from the scene, we will never know. But there's a potential that Jalen Carter was drinking too, and it was at two thirty a.m. Um, me and Luke have talked about this a lot. Uh, I've kind of feel I feel like I've been made out to be one of the most um, critical of this. You were some hot. people seem you've been yeah, hot, I was about hot. It. and I think it's probably because you know. That you have the you have the first overall pick. I think and, it's yes. It's because Jalen Carter has been so heavily linked to the Chicago Bears that it was basically a foregone conclusion at this point. Because the three technique and especially a penetrating pass rusher at that position is super important in this Ibrufu's defense. Um, everyone's been talking about how he's a generational talent. This amazing uh, two year stretch on the Georgia defense. With all these first-round picks of defense, and he's perceived to be the best one, and it's not even close. I wanted Jalen Carter. There's been news coming out in the last like month or so that he has perceived character issues. Now we're seeing some of this stuff come out. I saw some fluff pieces also where it was implied that he was like paying for teammates' lunch. That's cool. I mean... I don't know. When you see this stuff happen, which now there's character concern speculations for the whole program based off of a string of issues. Jalen Carter to me seems like a guy. Yeah. Okay. So there's another guy that's potentially linked to this. Um, Just as I was mentioning before we went on air, Jalen Carter also got pulled over in September for going, I think 89 and a 45. And then the cop, which I just watched the video on his like, uh, chest cam or whatever it's called dash not dash cam cam, but body cam was saying like what is going on man brother 
He's like, we just had two of your teammates get pulled over 10 minutes ago and then this other guy not one minute ago. He said the other guy was Darnell Washington. He said they were going like 70 and a 45. He's like, you got to send out a text or something to let them know. And I'm not saying speeding is the end all. What I'm saying is you couple that with Stetson Bennett getting a public intoxication arrest, with Quay Walker coming into the league and pushing ref, uh, staffers in multiple games and getting like ejected and getting personal foul penalties. Devontae Wyatt also shoulder-checked the same guy and had, had domestic assault allegations coming out of college. You have... George Pickens, who was perceived to be like a head case coming out of college, which is why he sure. slipped. N- not saying whether or not these guys have irredeemable character. I don't think that's the case. And the talent is undeniable. What I'm starting to sense is a trend in this program where accountability is apparently not in place. And I was saying it reminds me of like a Urban Myers, Florida and stuff like that. You, you mentioned the U, the Miami back in the day. Um, a bunch of super talented players that are kicking ass and winning all the time. And they're just, they're like on the top of the world. They're invincible. So they're just doing stupid shit because they think they're invincible and there's no repercussions right now. And all I'm saying is as a Chicago bears fan, I don't want to draft Jalen Carter because the dude is obviously making dumb decisions about driving the vehicle at least. And I've been saying multiple times the decision to drag race in the street where the police report was saying they were weaving in and out of traffic and overtaking traffic, driving in turn lanes. I think that takes a different level of thought process. I think that when you get into that thought process, you start to not worry about other people. Anytime I've ever done something in my maybe checkered past, like we all have when we're young, uh, I tried not to ever make decisions that were at the expense of another person. You know what I mean? I tried to account for that. And I think if you're potentially drunk street uh, drag racing in the street, that's a pretty malicious thing to choose to do in my opinion. And I think that that's something I wouldn't, I would take someone off my board for. And I don't think real, just one last thing. um, He is an excellent athlete on the field. I don't think, that you should be drafted in the top five with that kind of a decision. So recent, why are we rewarding that kind of behavior with that kind of an, a reward of excellence? If you're in the top five, it's a reward of excellence. And I think if it was a lot of players, that's something that would be disqualifying for some teams. That's all I'm saying. I still think he gets drafted. I think he goes in the top 10 still, but yeah. Well, we've been talking about it for a whole week now uh, outside of this show. I mean, the whole sports world has and me and Aiden have, obviously, and it's been uh, a hotly contested topic. But I want to, like, make sure that you know, like, where we stand in the, in, in the in the sense that the loss of life is is the horrible, most important and, like, most absolutely uh, like most like important thing to take away here it's like that that's horrible that's like before we get into the x's and o's and like and all that stuff it's like yes that that's it's horrible so any contribution to that yes is awful i think that it is murky waters to decide everyone's future off of it um i, I think all that gets murky to me uh, he was he had a warrant for his arrest that uh, you know he which he and uh, accepted or whatever the fuck he turned himself he left the combine to go back to Georgia to 
go to jail. He got bailed right out. But the thing is, there's just a lot of it. A lot of it is so gross when you know the other side of the scale is one person's dead and right one person's dead one person injured two two, two dead. people dead two Both dead died. two injured if i'm not mistaken mother of god i'm See trying I'm to find the names and it's like okay and it's like um so i wanted to make sure we said the names of the two individuals who passed away chandler lacroix or look La- i don't hopefully i'm pronouncing that correctly. you are was the staffer who was driving um and his teammate devin willock offensive lineman also um passed away in this crash and horrible and rest Thoughts in go peace. to the family like, um i know nolan smith had some very powerful words that he said during a combine interview where he um you know showed emotion and he seemed to be very measured in his response i would direct people to his response as a teammate i thought everything he said was well said but yeah it was terrible and i, I mean, wanted like to make that, sure that, we mentioned their names that in and of itself is tragic enough like i mean it's like it, it's it's awful so to talk about like the way the media immediately was like i don't know and we're the media too but it's just like the way that the narrative was like well and you know then he pops back to the combine to finish interviews and stuff it's like ugh, it, it's just all gross. how does that and even work friends. how can you even not, discuss it in the interviews if it's this a guy's not ongoing on, legal well i'm just saying the guy's not on trial for murder or something like these are his like friends and this is something he was a part of or experienced or whatever the fuck like I can't imagine the I can't imagine the trauma of that alone. The trauma of that Correct. alone. Right. Throw throw the legal stuff aside. Throw the football stuff aside. The, the the kind of disassociation you have to like inflict upon yourself if you're Jalen Carter to to be like that happened 30 days ago. I went to jail two days ago. I'm back at the combine to finish these questions because I have a draft in 30 days and this is my I was like like you're going to you could fuck your brain up for life like i'm just saying like there's this is this is motherfuckers need to grieve and shit like this is bad so so all around bad and like i i just don't want i just want everybody to know like resounding like that is the fucked up part and and the 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 legal stuff is absolutely an issue too and yes there are character concerns and all this stuff and there's noise but like this is all just just so like so much bigger than i feel like a headline you know what i mean and so, and and, it, and, it, and it's not like, I don't want this story to somehow get confused with something like Deshaun Watson or something like that. Like, this guy is not on the stand for, like, all these different crimes, like, allegedly. Like, this guy, like, I, I'm not, I'm just being maybe a devil's advocate. I'm not defending Jalen Carter's actions. You should not drink, drink and drive. You should not street race. All I'm saying is it's impossible for me to put myself in those kids' shoes on top of the world, just won a national title. I've never, I've never, I could never possibly empathize with that experience. I can't. So, and they paid pretty fucking big consequences, right? For the, for those bad actions. So I'm just saying like, it, it's also, it still feels too big for me to even take in. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and, and like, cause I feel like it becomes like a matter of like, Jalen Carter did this, this, this and people died in a car wreck. And it's like, what the fuck? I feel like the thing you're you're saying the loud part quiet like you know what I'm saying so I don't know I have a lot I would say about it but I do want to be more measured until more news comes out about it so we can I drop it there yeah I think it, it's it, a good all point. I can say is it's just like ugh like I just feel he, he I, I can't make a hard and fast judgment on on anything yet until I, I know more 
I'll say two things. Um, he obviously will deal with the mental health repercussions of that event, and that is something I sympathize with him for. I can't imagine. Um, I do want to hint on, from what we know and what I've heard, and subject to change, so this is all just the allegations, but he drove away. And that is something that um, yeah, that's horrible. makes me up very upset as a person. Because if I'm putting myself in someone's shoes... I can't rationalize with that decision if I see my friend crash. I don't know all the details, but that's something that's really sticking with me. Um, it, but it's gonna be gross. It's gonna be gross. And it's like, and then if you do, and if you go to the football side, if you go to the football side, because we have to, it's like all of that is not something a lot of teams could handle media wise right now. It would not be good for their program. It would not be good for the development of their teams. There's only a select few amount of teams that could, I think, take any of this in stride. And even still, it's a gamble now. Like, I think going the top ten. I think going. I'm sorry. I think going in the top five for D tackles nuts. Anyways, but um, if this, if this dude, if if this, if if somebody drafts this guy in the top ten, say the story says exactly as it is right now, and we know nothing else, and he. Uh, you know, he was arrested, but he has lawyers and, like, say that all shakes out. I'm just saying. And this is getting gross, too, so maybe we should just move along. But I'm just saying, like, that's a lot to bring into a locker room. So uh, I, I would I think that a lot of young teams don't need it. Yeah, and I, as a Bears fan who's been heavily linked, my team who's been heavily linked to him um, in the top four at some point, I just want to state that I don't really want Jalen Carter on my team. Like after hearing these things, especially in the top five, it's just, I don't want that. Like the direction we're going, we're trying to build a, like a very, I, so you decouple that. There's also been speculation about him being like a hot and cold effort player on the field, taking plays off. Cause he's like so disruptive. Some plays and some plays he gets washed away and i don't know if that's just because he's tired or what but sorry brad is talking to me and messaging me during this podcast wait till later um but i'm saying like the culture issue and the effort issue are both contrary to what Eberflus is trying to instill in the roster right now we're trying to be super high high effort um high culture guys and i just don't see that when you also have a guy like will anderson available who fits the bill in every regard and i think he fucking measured just like what we needed him to at the combine he was over 250 he was like 6'4 almost he's super productive I, just take him he's the obvious one don't risk it all like luke said on a defensive tackle with potential issues and headaches for the organization when you're on the up and this is just from a chicago bears perspective i think there's yeah. other teams that could take jalen carter and be totally fine take me through some other stories aiden right we are in the Combine, a very exciting event. I have it up in the background with the volume off. I'm trying not to be distracted, but I just see all these amazing young athletes that are just killing it in these testing uh, with their testing numbers. Nolan Smith ran a 4.39, if I'm not mistaken. He's a pass rusher for Georgia, jumped through the roof, super athletic. Um, some guys that have stood out to me defensively I thought Jack Campbell measured way better than I thought he would and I was already super high on Jack Campbell that Iowa defense tested well at the combine 
and they performed a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Their offense was super bad, and it was hilarious. Their defense was literally winning them games. The games were finishing like 10-9, to 9, Luke, and it would be like they, the other team got three field goals, and Iowa got a field goal and a defensive touchdown. Like, That's, that was how they were playing. That's the guy you want, dude. He's like 6'5", 250 pounds. He's like a little bit less athletic Erlacher. Give me Jack Campbell. I would love him. He's one of my... Uh, I don't know. He's one of my crushes in this draft. So he, he was one. Nolan Smith was another guy that stood out. Brad's been calling the Northwestern defensive end a squared. Um, I got to find his name because I don't want to mess it up because he's uh, has a Nigerian name and I don't want to try to do it off of memory. So I'm going to pull it up real quick, but his testing numbers were absolutely astounding. And I just don't know where they have him listed. If it's a D tackle, I was uh, uh he, so the only combine stuff I'm seeing is like these Instagram clips. I'm just it's kind of like the sports center of it all. I'm just getting awesome highlights. I I used in high school and stuff. I used to like and sit and watch. I I, I can't do it anymore. It just feels. I, I, really, I have really, it up really, in really the background really while I'm playing Nintendo Switch. If that okay, may, if that means enough. anything to you. That all right, does. so I, I have really it pulled like, up. I just want to and, quote Dan Campbell really fast because I really agreed with yeah, it. Go ahead. Like just saying that uh, he judges people on the field, not out here in their pajamas. And I was like, yeah, he, he talks about their film and stuff. Like we already saw him on tape. Like that's wh- where we draft people. And I was like, cool. So we, we got Northwestern, I think three tech, but he played defensive end. Name is Adi Tamiwa Adi Barre. And he put up absolutely jaw dropping measurables. All right, first off, six foot two, two hundred and eighty two pounds, almost thirty four inch arms, ten and a half inch hands. He ran a four four nine, Luke, at two hundred and eighty two pounds. That's insane. A one six one split, Lightning. ten yard split, a thirty seven and a half inch vertical and a ten foot five broad, twenty seven on the bench press. Dude Beast. Um... I, I I put up I could put up two twenty five like twice as a as a young end. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, he did it twenty seven times after running a four five. A f- I've sub been four seeing five. I've been seeing like receivers and like secondary kids throw the fucking weights up on on Instagram. Like I've been seeing some amazing fucking. I saw some some dude, I some dude that was like two hundred pounds that. Oh Dean my from Florida. It was like that's exactly who it was. It was yeah, bench press. I've been insane. watching the combine, like, buddy. Like just pumping it, dude. N- not even yeah, like not even like, like a, a little four bit. Seven though. Not even like a little he bit. Ran like really locking slow. out too. I, it doesn't even matter. That any any corner that is that strong uh, or whatever He's can safety, can. Yeah. Okay, any secondary player that can bench that dude come play on my team. Holy 25 shit! Twenty five times he did it two two less than uh. The last individual that I mentioned, and he was 80 pounds lighter. You know, throwing it up. So yeah, defensively, guys that stood out to me, I thought Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon, was also just so smooth with it, just fluid with it. He was incredible to watch. Um, Let me see. Defensive or yesterday was quarterbacks. I thought the quarterback. Um, showcase was absolutely incredible. So Will Levis headlined the first group. Um, the ball does jump off of his hands. He does look great. He's got the hair. He's absolutely ripped. I would warn people to hesitate when they're thinking about Will Levis. 
Think about, firstly, that he was a quarterback at Penn State for his first few years who couldn't beat out Sean uh, Clifford. He couldn't beat him out at all. He was basically an option quarterback on like third downs where he would just tuck it and drop his head on a dude and run. Then he transfers to Kentucky, and they weren't even that great. He had okay stats. He performed well like per PFF measurable, but like... I don't know. He threw some absolutely head-scratching interceptions, and I didn't think he necessarily played very well. So I think you need to weigh the full body of work with these guys. As Luke mentioned, I'm more of a tape guy than a measurables guy. Uh, Measurables are really cool for when you're projecting how you can have fun on Madden, sure. But you need to think about how people actually play in the NFL. Game speed is really important, too. Like The way people move in a game is so different. It's so absolutely different. like you were saying how like Justin Jefferson is like kind of slow and I'm like oh, he looks like he's not slow in a game he's not slow. I know but like he, when he you're just ran like a four four five or something stuff. that's what I mean but he's it's like, like 20 like... yards away from people on every play so it's mm-hmm. kind of a head scratcher but it's like oh what actually matters separation and agility if you mm-hmm. can get a good route runner with good agility it doesn't really matter how fast they are for top end speed and that directly leads to me talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I fully think and hope that the Bears find a way to take in the top 15 or top 10, whether that be trading out of the top 10 or however they do it or trading back in and getting two first round picks. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best receiver in this draft. That is reflected in his glue hands, his kinesthetic intelligence and body contortion ability. He's absolutely a natural. His agility drills in the combine were perfect. He is the natural in this draft. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave will both tell you he is he was the best receiver on the field with them. He's the best. He's the guy in this draft. I want the Bears to get him. Anthony Richardson, Luke, tell me what you know about this cat, and then I'll tell you what I saw. Dude, he's a fucking freak, and uh, he was already, like, pre his insanely cool combine, <laughs> uh, pre that, before that, he uh, there was already kind of, like, rumblings on the Vikings, like, fan forums and stuff uh, that they were interested um, I know that the Vikings had a meeting with him at the Combine. Um, a lot of people are drawing comparisons to uh, Dante Culpepper uh, in, in terms of, like, that's the last time we've had somebody that could kind of do what Anthony Richardson is supposedly able to do, um, it, which would really, <laughs> I don't see really, Culpepper. Really be... I don't see Culpepper, dude. I see Cam not, Newton with a cannon. Well, not as like his actual comp. I just mean in Vikings history. In Vikings history, yeah, he's so much saying? more athletic than Culpepper. Well, Culpepper yes. was thick, but that's the thing is like Culpepper was the last time we had somebody that could actually like scramble and like absolutely mm-hmm. cannon a ball to Moss. It's like we went. We have JJ now. It's kind of like it's more of like a Vikings lore comp. It's on those pages, but people are comparing him to that, and so. Uh, I see that, and I I see the I see the the thought of having Kirk for one more year, and this kid this kid like having some time to develop a little more, and I I I'm, dollar signs like you know what I mean like Super Bowl trophies like I, I I don't know man, and that that's that's where I go combine instead of film. I'm doing the opposite because I'm thinking about my team and I'm thinking about my heart, and I'm like, yeah. well, think about how much fun that would be on Madden, man. Oh my god, if he can do well and I've drafted him on Madden before, but it's like people He's the uh, 99th percentile it, of athleticism it, for quarterbacks. Right. Well, and I've and like 
I feel like up until like a week ago, everybody was kind of saying he was like a third, fourth round quarterback. Am I wrong? No, uh, he was not considered third or fourth, but he was considered like second. And okay. I was I thinking, give a shit about him. When I saw this combine, my thought immediately went top 10 and I personally wouldn't do it because I actually watched him play in college this year. And just like Will Levis, I would direct people to his college tape outside of his highlight reel where he has some really cool plays because that Florida team was a fucking disaster at times. And he played pretty poorly at times. And if you're going to do that, like, look at CJ Stroud's body of work. Look at Bryce Young's body of work. They are obviously the top two quarterbacks in this draft. It shouldn't even be a question. Bro, look at Bryce Young's body. He's a little I don't man. care. I don't care. He's a little man. You know what his measurables were actually directly identical to in almost every Kyler. capacity? Kyler. Right. Yes, but the only you? difference is what? Is that what you want? Is that what you'd like? No, I'm saying if Kyler Murray goes number one and it was resounding enough for you to trade another top 10 quarterback you got the year before to get him, I think same with Stroud. Uh, not Stroud, sorry, uh, with Bryce Young. And the only difference is I don't necessarily see uh, Bryce Young as more similar to Kyler Murray. I think he's a little more of a Drew Brees type in the, with just a little bit more uh, pocket finesse and escapability. He looks good. I like he's him. He's really good, dude. I've watched C.J. Stroud's whole career, and I think C.J. Stroud is a really good quarterback who can put the ball anywhere. But I've also seen him have issues with pressure, um, losing composure. I've seen him miss the best receiving core in the nation on throws that he needed to hit at times. And I didn't really see him have that dog in him until the Georgia game this year. Whereas I've seen Bryce Young just absolutely eviscerate people in the SEC his entire career and be a high school phenom in California. It's never been an issue for him. He is the best quarterback in this draft. People need to watch the film first. Look at the body of work and don't just be wowed by the measurables. But speaking of the measurables, let's get into it. Anthony Richardson, 6'4", 244. He ran a 4-4-3, 10-yard split. He, re- he jumped 40.5 vertical in a 10-9 broad. Oh my God. That's like an upper echelon defensive end combine. But he also was throwing the ball out of the gymnasium because he's got an absolute fucking cannon. And I do think the most relevant comp that we have is Cam Newton with a maybe um, a little bit stronger arm, but probably similar accuracy issues. I mean, dude, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I don't I know. That, However, um, I think Cam Newton was a way better quarterback coming out of college. And I think this, I don't know if this guy will ever reach what Cam did in his like Super Bowl season, but it's really cool. He's really, really Vikes athletic. Would, Vikes would have to finesse to get a crack at this dude. Cause um, we only have like four or five picks going in. We ate some you have picks very on, little. The Hawk, on the Hawkinson trade. We ate some picks um, on some other stuff, but that's okay. Like I, I, if Quessy if Quessy wants to finesse, he will. He'll get what he wants. He's really Quessy cool. finesse. That's what we call him, dude. He's the best, dude. Quessy Quessy. He was very, uh, very analytical in an interview at the combine. I heard where he was talking about how you have to have a quarterback who can play up to a certain threshold. Um, and he's like, and Kirk does that, and now we just got to like build the team around Kirk. Yeah, I'm like, but right, he's saying well. Kirk's good enough, which is like take that any way you want it. I agree. On the positive which side, which he's absolutely also, correct about, Kirk I could hear is not that as an insult too, in my opinion. But I feel like Vikings have been very because, like, I'm like they've been very open 
about like looking at quarterbacks and Kirk situation and stuff like because like I was seeing I would see like a headline and I'm like this is from the Vikings own website like they're willing to say that like you know what I mean like so there must be like Kirk wants and look I love I love him but he does get like a huge like extension like every year doesn't he like, uh, like yeah he's actually seemingly. really smart he keeps playing he on one and two year deals that he keeps just getting tacked onto his contract as extensions with like all he's of them like, guaranteed every time so that you're it's locked like buying in a home stuff. in la it's like yeah. it's like you'll never you'll never pay it off you'll just keep you'll just keep uh paying off a little and then pass it on to somebody else correct <laughs> um, um i i also I know, oh good no, I, that's all. I'm just like it's well. It's, before it's, we transition to our teams, we, which I'd love to get into, um, I do want to hit on the fact that I think C.J. Stroud had one of the better passing performances in the combine that I've ever seen. He is a truly natural thrower of the football. He he he's like an elite pitcher, is what people are comparing him to. He knows how to level it or uh, layer his passes. He knows how to throw it on the money as a dart. He can hit you at every level anywhere on the field. Um, and that is going to appeal to some teams. And the fact that like three to four quarterbacks absolutely popped off in the, in the combine and young kind of hit some measurable thresholds that he needed to hitting at least five, 10 and 200, I think answered a few questions for some people. Um, I don't know if that benefits the bears with the number one pick or if that hurts it, because if you're looking at, uh, if you're looking at the Colts at number four, are they thinking I'm comfortable with three guys instead of having one guy I really like? So I'm okay waiting to see if one of them slips or are they thinking, is it better to have a group of really good ones or is it better if one clearly separates? That's where my mind is going because I could see the bears trading down twice since there's so many appealing QBs. And I could also see some teams not wanting to offer as much because they're okay standing pat. But if we're going to transition to our teams, Tell me what you're thinking going into this offseason with your team having some cap issues and very limited cap space um, to operate with, also having very limited draft capital. Like, what are you thinking? Um, I mean, I think that we'll we'll make do with what we have to with, with what we have to do. I, I think that we're gonna have to get rid of some some uh some well paid vets. Unfortunately, I could see Thielen going, which would break my heart, but I would understand it. I, I could see um sorry to interrupt he was interviewed at the combine and he had gave a really great interview and he they asked him if what he thought would happen with Rodgers and he said he thought Rodgers is going to retire Thielen said that yes wow they got him to say a lot of stuff actually we should head to Rodgers after this but he gave a great I, interview um, I, I could see that going. Uh, people speculated Harrison Smith. That would break my heart. I don't think Harrison Smith goes anywhere now that we have Brian Flores. Um, he's going to send Harrison Smith at the Heat quarterback seeking missile, one of the just dirtiest players in the league. Uh, okay. Ah! <laughs> That's just an ongoing gag. He's really not that bad. <laughs> I just love him so dearly. Um yeah, so I mean, like th- that's 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 what's going to have to happen. Certainly, uh, plays Dalvin's the probably whistle. Dalvin's gone. Uh, maybe. You think so? Like maybe? Like is he I mean, a cut like, or is he a free agent? I don't think. I, I think he has a I contract. Think he'd be that a can't cut pay, or he's a right. Let's see. You can. But look I mean, that and up. yeah, and people are just straight up releasing people too. Like, uh, like a lot of teams are just dumping dumping money contracts. Well, they right have now. to. Like, uh, and the yeah. Bears are going to benefit because the Bears are going to get a lot of guys 
I've been thinking a lot lately about the Bears potentially doing a Brock Osweiler type of trade where like if you look at the Saints being in cap hell and they're trying to do additional um, adjustments where they're converting base salaries into signing bonuses to push the fucking cap hit down the road. You can only do that for so long. They signed that really weird contract with Taysom Hill with a bunch of void years. Remember, it was like ridiculously large. Well, I think that's actually going to lead to cap hits if they don't cut him or trade him. And I could see the Bears trading with the Saints and getting a pick in return to pick up uh, Taysom Hill. What would you think about something like that? With a hundred million, in- no, the Bears. If so, oh. the, if the Saints are way over the cap, right, and yeah, they have yeah. this weird Taysom Hill contract that is going to lead to some cap hits down the road. If the Bears traded the Saints mm-hmm. in a Brock Osweiler type move, got like a third round pick and gave them like a fifth, and got Taysom Hill to take on the contract and use him as uh, Justin Fields' backup and use him as like an option quarterback. I would, I'd love it. I mean, I would capital. love it as a Vikings fan. It's a, it's a smart move. Um, well, it's what you can do with all that cap space. You have a bunch. You have so much money. You can do whatever you want. Like we're in a, we're in a situation where we will save nine million. Sorry, I was Googling stuff and that's why I didn't hear you the first time. We'll save okay. $9 million if we cut um, Dalvin after June 1st. If we cut him before June 1st, we save $8 million. Um, his, his cap hits You can only designate million. two post-June like, 1 cuts, just so you know, per team. Yeah, um, so, and we also, you know, we need to decide if we're going to extend Daniil Hunter. Like, mm. we have a lot of big contracts that we have to decide about, so it's going to be a really interesting offseason uh, in terms of us, but there's not really any moves yet. It's all speculation. I'd rather... Let me ask happen. you this, though. Do you think that your team is in a position to improve this offseason? I don't know if the Vikings have any room to improve with the situation that they're in. It almost seems like the best they can do is keep it steady because you don't I mean, have that unless you fucking nail a first round pick. Kevin O'Connell because, said two day yesterday, two days ago, quote, well, a bridge quote because I'm just quoting what I remember <laughs> uh, is uh, that him and they've only he's only scratched the surface of what him and Justin Jefferson can do with each other. So That's yes, awesome. I do think we, if my head coach says that, I think we can improve. Yeah. But what I'm saying, okay. What I, I'm saying from a personnel standpoint, um, not from no, a record we're in, we're in standpoint a tough spot there. That's what we're I'm saying. Cause there. it almost seems like you have to shed some of your roster just to make it to the cap. And you have such limited draft capital. It's going to be hard to replenish the talent unless you nail it. Um, we have a lot of talent though. We did, we reloaded in the middle of the year last year. That's what you're not thinking about. Like, if like you're talking added, about Duke Shelley and shit, you have no, to also about, wait. Okay. I'm talking about TJ Hawkinson and like, yeah, like and, and then we also have a healthy curve now too. We we will, but that's the whole thing is like we have another year of Hawkinson's contract, don't we? Yeah, I think it's a fifth uh, year option if I'm not mistaken, though, which is going to be like and ten we'll to twelve him, million but, right and now. And we also and guess what? We have to pay Jefferson like sooner rather than later. So, so I know if you're looking I at, at pr- projecting, I think that the Vikings are headed towards a soft rebuild. So that's what I'm saying. It seems that it's a hard uh, to speculate you guys improving the roster between now and next year. I think the best you could do is try to really only drop a couple key veterans and try to hit on some guys to replace them. Because if you drop all those veterans you mentioned, it's a completely different team. Sure. Should we talk about... Um... JJ's a constant. I, I totally agree with that. He's going to mm-hmm. be your guy for 10 years, you hope. 
But like, Hopefully. how much longer is Kirk the guy? That's why I think it's intriguing think to year. talk about a trade up for Jeff or Richardson. I think I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. Believe me, we'll have an eye on him. Um, the Vikings looked at Fields. Never forget, we t- we called Kirk up and said we're going to try to draft this kid. So um, we've and been. And then the, uh, the GM for the Giants said, "Yeah, I got someone on the other line who's going to pay more." Ryan yeah, Pace, definitely. he's always going to pay more, baby. So I want to talk about Rogers because he emerged from his darkness retreat, um, <laughs> and it was weird because Gudikinst was at the combine pressers being like, "Yeah, I mean, we haven't had those conversations yet." So like, I'll like he came out the gate being like, "I'll I'll tell you right now, like me, we haven't talked with Aaron, like so like nothing's changed, like yada yada." And then Aaron hops on a podcast, not McAfee, a different one, yeah, and is like you know, very Zen and kind of being like, kind of saying stuff along the lines of like, you know, I'll take my time. And if you're sick of hearing about it, don't like tune it out or whatever. And like all this stuff, but it's like, it's so disparate from, from like you, the break the I'm sorry, the, the sort of like the break off or whatever between Gudikin's statements and Roger's statements are so different that you can just tell that they're just not communicating again, like things are bad and the dudes, I mean, Thielen says he's going to retire. I don't buy that shit for one second. I think I don't see a situation where he plays for the Packers this year. I don't think he plays for the Packers anymore and they shouldn't. This is gross. Like as a Packers fan, I'd be like, fuck this. Favre he did is this so too, annoying, dude. dude. Favre did it too. Did. For like five or six years, Favre did this. Like, and so, you know, and, and it's just like, my God, how much more can you take? You, you got one Super Bowl from them each, and then they've got you on the hook, like got you by the balls, and it's like, okay, like move along. Like you, you drafted Jordan Love for a reason. Give him a fucking shot. Get a bunch of money in a Rodgers trade and fucking end it. Take New York People for all their People are speculating worth. that they're not even going to get a first-round pick for Rodgers, and I find that absolutely nuts. That is nuts. That is nuts. I think. Do you I find think, that nuts? Yes, I think that I think that the Jets or the or the Raiders would trade a first round pick for Rodgers. Me too. I mean, the thing is, the Jets I think pick fourteen or thirteen, and the Raiders pick seven. They're, they are going to be high first round picks. Jets are all over town though, throwing out their love. They they're fucking telling Derek Carr that Dude, he could be a first. They ballot are Hall of openly Famer. courting Derek Carr, like, and I find that imagine? to be so funny because is, I've been so like rarely impressed with Derek Carr. You know what I mean? It's like when it's like it's like it's like flavor of love. Like when you like you you got one like they're all fucking the same the same person, but they're vying for one Dude. spot. And it's like Derek Carr and Rodgers are getting fucked. They fucked up so bad by taking Zach Wilson and not Justin Fields. And it was exactly like I said. It was exactly like I said it. Good work. And, I mean, I got to get my wins when I can because I'm wrong often as well, just like everybody else. T was wrong on that one. He ate crow. I've been wrong on others as well. But you you mentioned it, and not not to pile on, but you did mention it like, within the last week, was there ever something that me and you on the podcast for a draft prognostication got right more than the yeah. Zach Wilson prediction? Sure. Fuck. Sure. But here's the thing, and I'm just keeping this in the back of my head. Because they're doing uh, that with Derek Carr when they just took a guy number two. Think about that. With Derek Carr. I know, but here's, who's to say that 
Zach Wilson couldn't go play for Pete Carroll and turn it all around. Like, Gina has changed my perspective on everything. Busts don't exist. You can't judge a bust until a career is over now. Like, I don't I'm, know my about that, man. By that. You think one yeah, isolated example I know it's an with, anomaly. A great, with a great I know. coach, with two amazing it's, wide receivers, uh, is mm, it can completely rewrite the quarterback bust thing? Yeah, a little. I mean, like, Come on. a little. Gina, I mean, like, Gino gave a lot like of perseverance. You think you think Zach Wilson and Geno Smith have the same kind of mentality towards the NFL football game? Like, no, dude. Geno Smith, How do you know they don't? Because Zach Wilson seems to have a significant disconnect from like Geno Smith is a people person. He has charisma. Geno Smith got punched he in the face by his own teammate. Yeah, but that might have been his teammate's issue. Got his jaw broken. I don't. But how do you know? Uh, like, okay. You know what I'm saying? That's like, fine. why do you? How do you know both these things? That's all I'm saying. I I'm not a Zach Wilson fan. All I'm saying is, with that kind of talent, if he goes to like Sean Payton or a Belichick Maybe, or yeah. somebody, somebody could use him. And who knows? I'm just saying that Gino has changed my perspective from last year, and it hasn't even been a full year since that happened. And so my head's all fucked around by it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to judge anybody yet now. Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia, just just ran a four nine eight. That's a good time. He looked quick. Big old offensive lineman. I want to say Derek Carr has got me by the balls in terms of how funny he has been about getting cut by Vegas. Like yeah. he was so funny at the Pro Bowl games, uh, talking to Ryan Clark and stuff. That's uh, probably why. That's probably why I'm playing someplace else. <laughs> Dude, he loved it. He, he leaned does. into it. Dewan He's Jones so funny. from Ohio State but, is running the forty right now. He's six eight three seventy five. Let's see how fast he goes, Luke. Sorry, he's yeah, one of the I, biggest. I I, this is terribly boring content five three uh, six for the, for the podcast but i i think uh i think that like car being courted as though he is a first ballot hall of famer is fine i would do it uh i i accept it i've seen people do it i think matt castle got like got crowned like when he went to uh like kansas city and stuff like i yeah. i understand it you do what you gotta do but I would hate for a team to pay a big old Derek Carr contract and so, he plays the same way he's been playing. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Um, I've very rarely been impressed with Derek Carr throughout his very long career. I like in the guy, the Raiders. Aside from I don't you know saying that if he I maybe was part of the January fucking look. He tw- he he posted on on his like Snapchat or social the the you know flag vest <laughs> i'm sure you've said this on the podcast before i have you said it he's an absolute fucking terrible fucking american apparently he, but i don't agree no he's a true patriot brother um here's my thing i think it would be interesting if we did some predictions for rogers for Carr, and for garoppolo and okay i'm i'm I know it's early and I know there's a lot of moving parts, especially with the appeal of these quarterbacks that just hit the combine. And, you know, everyone always geeks out about the really cool throws at the pro days, which might drive up their asking price and interest. But for Rodgers, I personally, like we've said, I don't think he stays with Green Bay. I think they move on. And I think Rodgers will likely go to the Jets um, but I could also, like you've mentioned, see him going to San Francisco because they are still dealing with issues with Brock Purdy's elbow. They aren't able to operate. Yeah. They've already yeah. talked about how they need to potentially look into the veteran uh, quarterback market. My prediction right now is that Aaron Rodgers will be the starting quarterback in San Francisco. Wow. Um, 
I think Rodgers is going to be in New York. I and think let's not forget will. Lamar, too. I think Rodgers will go to the Jets. I think Lamar is going to be on the Ravens because I have to think I have to think that they're going to pull their fucking head out of their ass and just give him whatever he wants. It's so stupid. It's so in, it's insulting. It's it's, it's insulting. insulting. He's an MVP. It, it, and they go and out they, and, and openly dog that? the wide receivers on the on the fucking team just so that one of your first round picks can fucking blast you back on Twitter, Rashad Bateman. Like what I, an I absolute piece of shit, like DaCosta. You're not paying, you're not contributing to the draft capital for the offense around Lamar. You're paying him nothing no. on a rookie no, deal it, and he won MVP for brutal. you. And it's like, would you be doing that? Is this it just feels like from and I don't know anything. Outsider perspective. This is a guy representing himself with his mom, right? And so that aspect, and this guy is your fucking MVP, face of the franchise, one of the most electrifying players in the NFL, players that are not of his ilk are getting paid more than him the last couple of years. Daniel Jones is asking for $45 million a year. I mean, Deshaun Watson too. hadn't played in two seasons and had 20-plus allegations and got paid the most guaranteed money ever. Lamar mm. should get that, too. I'm sorry. It's not— And that's it, the stickler. Your, Great point, because that's fault. the stickler it's, for them. Baltimore, I'm, it's not your fault that the market got set that way. I'm sorry. I but understand like, being mad at the Browns. In his own division, in his own division, a team is willing to commit— that you have to stand on principle as Lamar Jackson. Them. Yes, you, know you have saying? to stand on it's principle and say, if he is sheer, a division rival getting that money, I'm an MVP. I am literally better than insulting. him. I deserve he it. He shouldn't play there, but he will. I have to think they're going to get their head out of their ass. But even still, it's like, if you have this public fight with like your girlfriend, you know what I'm saying? Like If you have this public fight with your with your significant other, right? And it's brutal, and it's drug out, and everybody who's your friend sees how disrespected you are, and you know what I mean, like yada yada. And then they're all, they're, everything works out, and everybody, and they're all kisses and stuff like that. You still know all those details, and you're not in love like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you know what I'm saying? Like as as just an outsider, I'm watching that, and I'm like, you're fucking that dude over. And like I remember that. Surely he re- he's gonna be like. I mean, maybe the money makes it all better, but how do you walk in like that? Like if I had, I'm, I don't know, I don't know. Terrible so your example. prediction is that they sign him to a long term? Yeah, they have to. They have to. I um, think so. Your prediction Carr, is real, real sorry. quick because we'll go one, one each. Um, I think he stays in Baltimore on the franchise tag because they can't come to a long term, and it's going to lead to That's a gross. fucking really prolonged standoff. Then he'll go somewhere else if that happens. Yeah, but I think for like the quarterback carousel of right now, not leading into the late off season, I think he stays in Baltimore on the tag. Okay. Yeah, I get that. Next we and have Carr. Carr, what do you think is going to happen? Because I, I'm. I, I don't think know. he goes to the Jets. You've already said that you think Rodgers goes to the Jets. I had him I going do. to San Francisco. I think Carr goes to the Jets. They settle for him, and they hope that he can take that great roster over the top. I don't even know. I don't know where he goes. That's hard because I don't think he goes to the Jets. I think Rodgers – I mean, Saints is smart. Who else is quarterback needy? I mean, there is a top ten littered with teams like 
the Panthers, uh, you have the Colts and stuff like that, but they've all said that they want to get a young quarterback. Draft, yeah. I could see Saints. Sean Payton could do good with Derek Carr. Sean Payton. Not Sean Payton. Sean Payton. I'm sorry, I have fucking space. No, Sean Payton is a Bronco now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I could see uh I could see him playing okay with the Saints. I mean they they need somebody that can love consistent yeah that was are they really gonna keep kamara i saw like more footage of him beating <sighs> I don't somebody know. up <laughs> they got like him on premeditated assault charges or something like because apparently yeah. they got him recorded saying i connected with that jaw so fucking hard bro i he he connected with my jaw on christmas day when he ran for six touchdowns yeah with the ago. with the christmas so, cleats oh my like i'll never get that out of my mind so i don't mean to make light of crime but it it, it hurt as bad as getting a broken jaw i promise <sighs> All right, so lastly, I think we have Daniel Jones, who I think it is just absolutely remarkable that the speculation of him getting $45 million per season on a long-term deal, I guess that they have like the offer in at around 39 a year, and he's wanting 40 to 45 I don't see it, man. I get it, but I just don't see it with Daniel Jones. He had one okay year this year, but the as a selfish Bears fan – the reports are that if they can sign him to a long-term contract, they're going to use the franchise tag on Saquon Barkley, which is always a great move for, for running backs because running back contracts don't ever really get too high, and you don't always want Not to commit long-term to a running back. So it makes the franchise tag a very valuable move for the running back position specifically. So I get that, but I want Saquon Barkley. I want him to hit free agency. I want the Bears to take him. So I selfishly hope that Daniel Jones holds out and they have to use the franchise tag on him Tuesday and they have to let Saquon walk and hit free agency. What I think I mean, that's what's going to happen. I think they're going to franchise tag him. The Daniel market Jones. is is in a way where you have to pay all this money to your quarterback. You just have to. So and I would support them. I, I'm thinking that, like, if he wants 45 and they've got it at 39, you said? Like, yeah. I, maybe this is a cliche at this point, but it, it, it's also fact <laughs> that New York taxes is rough. So, like, I'd be arguing that in the fucking room. Like, give me 45 for 39. Like, you're going to eat the, – the state's going to eat so much of your money in New York. That's why everybody I, wants to play in Miami and shit. I understand that, but you still have to compare those contracts to everyone across the league in every state. And I understand it it works different ways in different states, but that 45 is going to set a precedent for other quarterbacks. Just had a playoff, just had a playoff win. Like, yeah. Against who? Against my beloved Vikings. Against a fucking nobody team. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Your face. I get the number one pick of the draft, friend. Yeah, a hundred million in cap space. Don't fuck it up. Oh, we won't. I bet. I bet you guys will do good with it. I bet we will. I bet we trade down twice. Mike, you should get a quarterback, motherfucker, instead of that running back. The Giants beat a bunch of fucking nobody yahoos, and everybody's gonna hand Daniel Jones the crown and forty-five million dollars. I don't see it. In spoken like spoken like somebody who who's never negotiated a fucking contract in their life. You got to fight for more money than you're worth in this life. I signed the contract I'm given when I joined the military, Luke, and that's I know, all I know. No increase. They're like, this is what you get. Yep. 
So what do you think true? happens with Daniel Jones? Now you get inflation bonuses and okay. rank bonuses. I was like, it's better. The price of living goes up every year. Um, yeah, they adjust for that. I think he gets a fatty. I think he's going to stay with the Giants. So you think they break him off on some of that funky stuff and then Saquon yes. Barkley gets tagged? Yes, I do. Dang. Dang. I hope not. Saquon's amazing. And Saquon's Saquon. But he's also, like, unhealthy. A lot. He had it. He and had. He's... And you know what? It was Eddie Jackson on the Bears that tore his ACL. Right, so he's not Adrian Peterson. Like, who the fuck's. What What running back in this league is worth keeping over a, Q, a QB? Not a one. Not a one. No, but I want the Bears who have to spend money to spend money. And I get it. There's all the talk. And I'm usually one of the ones that say, don't invest too much in a running back. There's so many good ones. But, like, if you have to spend money, spend it on a premier player like Saquon. He's premier. Sure. Well, you can think about think about Fields. That's so selfishly. You, you I can hope it works out this way. Have fun. Correct. Like, and think about him crazy. and Fields in the backfield, Luke. Think about how electric that could be. I agree. I agree. I would fucking if I were you, I'd spend money on the best offensive line money can buy. I. That's exactly what I think they're going to do. I think they're going to go after Mike McGlinchey, who is a former uh, Notre Dame first round top mm-hmm. ten pick for San Francisco, who's objectively not too great of a pass blocker but his run blocking is really good and he's a mountain of a man um i think we go and get an offensive guard and we draft somebody in the first two rounds as well um do you want to talk about snyder before we head out or what yeah before we go I'll, i'll tell you about it so um this is something i wanted to mention before we go it's more washington uh commanders more daniel snyder bullshit um, but there was a crazy outside the lines report, and um, I wanted to talk about it here. So I'm just going to quote this article uh, from The Comeback, uh, who wrote this, by Kevin Harish on thecomeback.com. I'll, I'll, but he's just reporting what ESPN reported. <laughs> According to a new report from ESPN, three mo- former minority owners of the Washington Commanders have accused Dan Snyder of committing bank fraud and securing a $55 million loan without board approval, and a federal grand jury is now looking into the allegation. And to make matters worse, it looks like Roger Goodell knew about all of it. According to ESPN, Roger Goodell knew about the loan, and the three partners asked the NFL and the commissioner to investigate the fucking secret loan, but the league did not. So, uh, and that's because Goodell, Goodell's like, I'm not investigating it because he signed the fucking check. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking scummy. And it's like, it's all big business, right? Uh, uh, but it's like it just all looks so I yucky mean, Luke, because we you would know hope... who Dan Snyder is. I'm sorry, we know who Dan Snyder is. Yeah, like you would hope sucks. that when shit comes to light, it would hope hopefully make the league a little bit more transparent and um, on their toes going into the future. But you never know, man. There's like so much probably under the rug that we don't even know about. Goodell, Goodell, same day, like signing off on that loan and knowing about it when the board on the Washington, on the Washington, like commanders team didn't know about it. It's just between Snyder and him. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Dirty, like dirty pool. It's all just so weird, dude. And like, I don't understand how Snyder still has his team. It's gross. I, I, he's blocking people from bidding. How is that allowed when he's under so many investigations? more rebrands in one B I, and it sucks because I like Rivera and I love that B enemy went there. I think that they're yeah. going to fucking pop off. It's I, there's a lot of cool talent there. They're, they're kind of quarterback needy. Um, Correct. But, but they, they seem to be 
quote unquote content uh, sitting with Sam Howell at quarterback. Yeah, but that's I what the Bucks are saying about like Trask. Or, I can see or them whatever, getting. Right? Oh shit, we forgot about the Bucks too. I can see Garoppolo yeah. to go into one of those teams. We forgot. Did we? Did we predict Garoppolo? I don't think we did. No, Garoppolo. I can see him go going to one of those. I can see him. I can see him staying in San Francisco. They say they're getting rid of him every fucking year. Prove it. Yeah, but it got kind of contentious last year to the point where he didn't even get like the team tablet or playbook and shit remember he was like training yeah. off to the side yeah i'm just so, saying like, prove it every year i get it but like you want to talk about relationship souring to the point of being on two completely separate pages i think they were at that point as well a little bit well yeah and they needed they, him they, yeah but i'm just saying like i feel like every year they talk about somebody's gonna supplant you do him. have it's a point like though four or five years straight dude he just kind of lingers around He's not going anywhere. They have, he's a like, hottie. He's, he's very cool. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. Do we have anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here and enjoy the rest of our Sunday? No, nothing at all. I will say uh, loaded up down the barrel. We're going to have some draft coverage with me, Bradley, and T at some point. Maybe Yeah, just you guys will do a mock draft. We'll do mock, mock draft and talk about prospects and such. I like. I look forward to your guys' mock every year. It's fun to listen to. Yeah, Luke hates it when we talk about the draft incessantly in the combine in the chat, but apparently loves the episodes. Apparently, he's just you listening kind to of, them. It's like it's like Luke, you you can't eat this delicious meal for seven months, but do you want to smell it? Yeah, and I'm well, like not it's, really. It's no. actually like. There's so many options of delicious meals that you can just take small whiffs of to tease yourself, and then you have the chance mm-hmm. to eat them in a draft-style uh, order. No patience. Don't want to be teased that way. <laughs> I can't do it. You I'm might like end up with a like, hot pocket, or you might get some like really gourmet meal. You never know. I'm I'm waiting for the Vikings to tell me this is your meal, and do you, <laughs> do you, do you like them? And I'll be like, very much. Thank you. I thought Dewan Jones was gonna run so fast, but he ran kind of slow. It's okay; he's really big, dude. Dewan Jones. I want to hit hit on this before we head out of here because I think it's really cool. He had like one of the biggest wingspans of any human being ever in draft history. I just want to pull it up right here. Got it. So Dewan Jones is six foot eight, three hundred and seventy four pounds, thirty six and three eighths inch arms. 11 and 5 eighths inch hands. There's like been nobody that, that with a, with a wingspan like that ever in the NFL that they've measured at the combine, the right tackle for Ohio state. Just saying. Yeah. I'm cool. hey man. I, I'm hungry for some of those Ohio state boys. I would love, I would love to get CJ Stroud. <laughs> There's no way unless you trade it up, but that would actually be really cool. And I think he would be perfect in your system. He's, he's mm-hmm. like, an elite version of Kirk Cousins because he's all about ball placement. He can put it anywhere mm-hmm. on the frame. We Damn, so that would be cool. Receivers. If he yeah. so like if somehow Bryce Young goes one and then another team reaches on a Richardson or Will Levis and then he slips to like three four and you trade up with maybe Arizona at three, you trade like bum, multiple bum, firsts. Bum, bum, bum. And you let him sit a year, and then he absolutely links up with Justin Jefferson. Yeah, except for Kevin O'Connell's eyes would glow, and he wouldn't sit a year. He'd be playing. Yeah, as soon as you had one bad game for Kirk, you would bench him. We'd trade him the next day after the draft. (laughs) Ah! 
I'm so sorry. All right. We have a lot of coverage coming up. There's going to be a lot of news with free agency starting, I think, in 10 days. Um, there's going to be a lot of transition in the league, and I can't wait because the Bears can only go up from here, and the Vikings can only go down from here. Uh, it's going to be great. Yes. There's going to be turmoil and pandemonium in the NFC North where, dare I say, the Bears could come out on top. You're fucking crazy. The Bears are going to take the North, and we're never going to give it up. That's what Ryan the Pohl Lions said when, are, he was, when he was hired. The Lions are better than The Bears than you are going to take the North and never give it up. Okay. The, oh, cool. The Lions have two. There's an alarm going on outside. The Lions have two first round picks. They're the team that's and they're positioned better than you. to absolutely dominate next year. You know that, right? They're, they do. might win the I've division. I watched it. I'm very scared. All right. Let's get out of here, buddy. Outro is. For NFL Mayo, I've been Luke. I've been Aiden. All right. We'll talk to you guys later on. Later's on the mid day. Yeah.